even in our language today, there's a semantic overload, right? Love is love. What do people mean when they say love? Yeah. That, that like to follow Jordan Peterson, they all say the same thing. Like, oh, he's so close. He's almost, he's, he's right there, you know? See, I'm not saying that though. Truth is, if, if you're not gonna stand for something, then you know, you'll fall for anything. Yeah, it's, if you go to a black church, they're gonna do church differently, but man, that's, that's, we're closer to God because we do things with the church road. It's a hard thing because we're sinful and we're fallen and we wanna focus on ideas and knowledge about the truth to fight against mm -hmm. evil. Are you Dutch? Yeah. Okay. 100%. Are you Dutch as well? Guilty. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm also Irish. <laughs> Speaking call I don't know what I, I do not like Dutch culture <laughs> at all <laughs> I've, I've even experienced the gift of prophecy and I was playing cards against humanity with some friends and I had a friend there who was he just stopped playing and he just got up and left and I went out there and, and found him and he was like sobbing and he was he ripped me to pieces you know just just for engaging in that and he's like that's that's not for us you know we're supposed to be set apart we're supposed to be different and I had realized that, that he had practiced the gift of prophecy because a, a prophet talks to the people of God and tells them if they continue down this path, then you're damned. This is Disruption. You guys have only heard stories told of McCormick. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've actually brought in the man himself. Um, yeah. 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 Honored to be here. Yeah. Yeah, last, last, last week, we were talking, and we were like, wait a second. So, so while we were talking about different stories, like people that Peterson has, has affected, like his teachings mm -hmm. and, and whatnot, and, and, and we were talking about you, and I was like, wait, why isn't he here right now? <laughs> and then we ran into you on Tuesday, and we were like, hey, what are you doing on Friday morning? So yeah, now you're here. I'm down. Mm -hmm. So um, you had heard a little bit of that conversation, mm -hmm. right? Okay, I heard a little bit. Mm -hmm. Good, good. Um, I don't know. For me, I'm just kind of curious as to what your journey with Peterson has been like, because yours is a bit different than mm -hmm. mine for sure. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you can give a brief overview of, of a little bit of history. Yeah. So I first watched my... Uh, Jordan Peterson on YouTube, it would have been the summer after my senior year of high school going into my freshman year of college. And I remember it was just like a 20-minute lecture from one of his, or 20-minute excerpt from one of his lectures mm. at the University of Toronto. And it was something about making a schedule. Mm. And then I watched another one about the meaning of life. And as you guys said in your previous podcast. Uh, he has an ama amazing talent for words and for putting matters of the spiritual into succinct, relatable sentences that people, mm -hmm. no matter where they come from, mm -hmm. what religion, they can relate to how he describes the world of meaning and the world of significance, right? Oh, yeah. And the world yeah. of value. Um, yeah. So when I first heard this video, uh, I was not a Christian at the time. I'd gone to Christian school my whole life, but at this point I was the most explicitly agnostic I had been in my whole life. So right after you graduated high school. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, maybe starting with my senior year, okay. but yeah. Yeah. And 
this is the first like this is the first time I had really looked at reality with any real degree of seriousness yeah. was from watching like from hearing yeah. how he talked about the world how he approached the world mm-hmm. really really affected and and started putting some questions in my mind that really hadn't been there and mm. like the the level of maturity of those questions mm-hmm. was much higher and I definitely so yeah. I definitely see it like a, a definite switch. Mm-hmm. Now there may have been things that led up to that too. I went on a trip to India about six right. months before that. Also, kind of opened my eyes to the depravity of mm-hmm. the world outside the United States. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of see that as all kind of working mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. to say to get back on my story with Jordan Peterson, I read so during my freshman year of college into my sophomore year of college. I guess starting from those videos, I just became really, really interested in Peterson. I watched mm-hmm. pretty much all of the YouTube content that was available at the mm-hmm. time. And this is 2019, 2018, mm-hmm. 2019. Um, and then I read 12 Rules for Life. And then I also read Maps of Meaning. And Maps of Meaning was an incredibly difficult book. And I had not really read any books because I just skipped through all the books in high school because mm-hmm. I was smart enough to just not read it and I just didn't read anything since middle school so and for those who don't know maps of meaning is a textbook it's a yeah it's a college it's a textbook that he wrote for as as a professor for the University of Toronto Mm -hmm. so it's not just it's not just a book that you pick up off the shelf at Barnes and Noble it's a it's a tough read no it's a book that you'll be going back and carefully reading each sentence because he describes himself and the care that he took to read to write this book Mm -hmm. that he probably in his estimation, rewrote every sentence 50 times. Mm-hmm. That can get mm-hmm. a little bit neurotic, yeah. to say the least, yeah. in reading it. So, uh-huh. you know, there's some pros and cons to that approach. You know, he's incredibly mm-hmm. detailed and precise with mm-hmm. his words, which is truly admirable. Yeah. But it's also very, very, very dense and difficult to understand. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes, I don't know if that's even helping. I don't know. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a very, like, the book in the class attempts to claim a lot and mm. it makes a very big all-encompassing kind of yeah. worldview case yeah and it's not i definitely say that that book is not for everyone you know it's not for the no i don't part. i don't know and yeah. it took me a long time to read and yeah. yeah i i was i was listening to a song the other day this awesome band called gable price and friends and they have a line they have a line in their song that says um you can deconstruct the light until none can come through, you know. And for someone that that doesn't go into reading a book like that um, as prepared as, mm-hmm. as you should be, you know, you can get so caught up in these little details to where to where you just get discouraged and confused. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that and that a, that definitely happened to me for sure. sure. I was not. I mean, reading these books and interacting with Jordan Peterson is one of the things that developed me. Mm-hmm. as a academic for what I am as an academic, mm-hmm. which isn't much, but, um, and More reading his me, book, <laughs> but like reading this book, right. Yeah. It was very frustrating. And, um, sure. And so that's, and it also that's didn't leave me, it, it left me feeling like I knew more than I actually did. Mm-hmm. Same thing with actually listening to Jordan Peterson's stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'll kind of conclude my whole that. story here. Mm-hmm. Just, Okay. Um, with the fact that I read Jordan Peterson's books, I got his reading list, which mm-hmm. I obsessively read for like two years. His recommended reading his list. His recommended yeah. reading list. Mm-hmm. I read as many things on that as I could. Mm-hmm. And then just I watched like everything on YouTube and yep. 
after about a year and a half to two years of that, I realized that I had like an unhealthy obsession with this man. Hmm. So <laughs> I just put it down. It's a cult-like following. It's yeah. easy to get wrapped yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. So I, since then, since 2020, I really have not been nearly as engaged with his work. Mm-hmm. I know that he. I knew that he was in the hospital for a long time, and it was really, really. It's been really cool to see him get out. Like I'm aware of what he's doing. I, I occasionally listen to a thing here or there, but I was like in the Jordan Peterson religion for a little bit there. Yeah. As I've distanced myself from him, I've gone back and forth on my opinions of him, especially as I've come to my opinions on Christ. Mm. And my beliefs on that, mm-hmm. and just seeing how he interacts with that. Mm. So, can you touch on that for some people that yeah. don't know? Because we we had briefly kind of mentioned it last week, maybe as you heard. But can you can you kind of comment on on his views of Christ and the significance there? Yeah, he doesn't answer the question about belief in God or belief in Christ in the way that people want him to. Mm-hmm. And I felt mixed about it. Um, because in some sense, I feel like the, his critics have some justification, whereas like, if you're going to believe in something, you should be able to say that you believe in the thing. Because um, we all know, he, he, he says, well, what do you mean by believe? I think we mm-hmm. talked about this last week, too. Like, what do you mean by believe? Yeah, that's and where he gets hung up on. What's, what's annoying is everyone's like, come on, dude. We all know, well, we all know what. Here's where, I, here's where I get you, right? I mean... I actually respect the guy and, sure. and, and, and the degree to which he reveres this idea of belief. What does mm-hmm. it actually mean to believe in something? So I think, I think if anyone who's wondering if Jordan Peterson is a Christian, I'd say two things. One, you're, you're never going to know that even if he says he's a Christian. You're never mm-hmm. going to know that about anybody. Mm-hmm. So, And then the, the second thing I would say is just watch some videos about him talking about it. And there's, there's many videos, one in particular about him talking about Christ, in which it seems to me that he believes that Jesus rose from the dead and that there is spiritual power in believing that and that he doesn't even know what the limits of that could be. Um, and the way that he talks about it, I think he talks about he's very intellectually honest, but he's also very, very smart, and that it may be one thing where he's just like doesn't want to mm-hmm. go down to that simple level and just say those simple things, yeah. but it could also be the fact that you know there is a limit to what we can know, and the more we can cling really, really tightly to these other things about what we know and forget the spirit of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at the spirit of what Jordan Peterson has been doing, like if I were to compare the spirit of my life and what I've been doing as someone who says he believes in Christ mm-hmm. to him, you know, I, I wouldn't like to compare our lives, to be honest. I imagine sure. his life would have a lot more goodness and reflection of Christ's light than mine. Mm-hmm. To the degree that he's actually preaching that explicitly, right? Mm-hmm. Even in, in Maps of Meaning, he talks about um, forms of knowledge, you can know something without explicitly saying it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And just because you explicitly say something doesn't mean that you know it. Yeah. So, again, I'm not even totally sure. I'm curious to hear what you guys think yeah. as I'm wrestling through this, because I'm a new Christian. I'm still forming my own beliefs about the world, and mm-hmm. I'm not nearly as rigid in my theology. And, and I probably approach Christianity much more similar than mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson does than mm-hmm. you guys. Yeah. So... And that's a tough one yeah. too, because you had mentioned 
you, you never want to compare yourself to someone mm-hmm. that 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 says as famous or as as intelligent as Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. This guy does so much and he changes so many lives. And it's like, oh shoot, I don't I don't necessarily do that much. But we know for a fact that Gandhi did a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not confident that Gandhi's in heaven because you know he was a you know he was obviously a Hindu. He was not or Buddhist. See, I'm sounding like an idiot here. Uh, he wasn't, but he wasn't a believer. He wasn't God a Christian. Was from mm-hmm. India. He's from so India. He was yeah. probably, probably, but, but not, I think I th- not a believer. I don't want to get too wrapped up in the details yeah. there, but he, he wasn't a believer, right? Mm-hmm. He, yeah. Although he did a great deal, he freed India. He, he was not a Christian. Mm-hmm. So that's a tough one, too, because you don't want to, you know, you, you don't want to look at someone's works because their works don't equal their salvation. For mm-hmm. sure. So that's, I, I hear, I feel you. That's like a tough line. It's like, I, I don't know if I want to necessarily point fingers. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, while I see the fruits of someone's life, though. So mm-hmm. that makes sense. What do you think, Alex? In terms of like, so wait, what was the whole, what was the original question? Again? Well, mainly we're talking about kind of like belief, what, how we believe in Christ versus how, yeah, the like, believer, right? Mm-hmm. Well, this idea of what does it mean to believe? Is that a, a valid, right? Do you find that a legitimate question to pose in like, or do you feel like that's avoiding the question of, of stating your belief in Jesus, right? In Jordan yeah. Peterson's response there, what do you mean by believe, right? Because mm-hmm. he's, he's, he's almost giving this word believe a, a, a religious sacred value. What does it mean to truly believe something? What would what would your look what would my life look like if I truly believed in the mm-hmm. definition of what it means to believe something fully, Christ? Is he implying that there are many different definitions of belief depending on the religion? Or? Well, he, well, he's saying people when they're talking, right? Even in our language today, there's a semantic overload, right? Love is love. What do people mean when they say love? Yeah. Right? When people say believe, right? Protestants means something a lot different than maybe Catholics or Orthodox mm-hmm. or people of different. So I think that that's where he's getting into. I tend to think of it this way, and I might not be an expert in this, but this just kind of was what makes sense after listening to um, either existentialists or like somebody like Timothy Keller, which is, I'm listening to him a lot, and he mm-hmm. has something to say about that is like, the existentialists are right in saying that you can't really prove anything. And so you could be just living in this universe being like, you know, maybe all I'm seeing is like a movie and there's somebody mm-hmm. behind these walls right. who's operating the cameras and who's operating everything. Mm-hmm. And everything I'm experiencing right now isn't real. Like, how do I know what is real? Mm-hmm. But the thing is, it's like, it's just impossible to be like, put a scientific, um, observation on everything and trying to prove everything mm-hmm. that's just impossible like yeah. atheists are going to have just as much trouble trying to prove there is no god about as much as christians are going to have trouble trying to prove that there is a god but what you do have is the bible and this is where we start to get into belief is like you just believe that the bible is that that god is up there in heaven so high above everything else that humanity can possibly do that humanity it's just impossible to think our way up to heaven mm-hmm. or to do good works to get up to heaven to access god and what he thinks and everything because he's just so high above everything else and so it would be impossible for us to know god 
And so his word of God, the word of God is our only access to, um, to God, to get mm-hmm. to know him. Because otherwise we would just, we would know nothing about God's character, about yeah. his love, about his everything. But the Bible reveals that to us in the stories that it tells mm-hmm. in who Jesus is, the events leading up to Jesus and after. Mm-hmm. It's this whole story. So yeah. like we can't prove any of it, but the Bible is almost like this. It's almost like kind of in the matrix where it's like, I'm going to bring you in a room. Mm-hmm. It would be impossible for you to know this, but I'm going to mm-hmm. tell you this right now mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. this whole world is like, it's either fake or it's real. You know, pick mm-hmm. the red or blue pill. Right. Um, that in creation too. And the word of God is basically mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. pill like of, of saying like, it's an illusion that you, that success is going to give you happiness or that anything that you put fill in the blank is going to give you happiness. Mm-hmm. That's an illusion. Cause only cause you were made for the creator and so knowing God is going to be, that's how you're going to find, mm-hmm. maybe not happiness all the time, but that's where you're going to find your contentment and satisfaction. Yeah, that's where you'll be fulfilled. That's where you'll be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because Peterson always talks about meaning and what he's implying there is that you'd you know, reach potential, you, you would be fulfilled by, by finding your ultimate meaning too. And man, it's, it's so true that... It, you could be, you know, like so close, so close to finding that truth and, and finding that true meaning. But if you're not fully there, then, you know, you're as far away from it as you could ever be. You know, we, and we say, you've heard uh, people at 1829 at the Bible study we go to say all the time, if you are only 99% known, then you're 100% unknown. Because that one percent is a lot of times what's most important in order <laughs> yeah. to know someone. So what do you do when nobody's in the room? Is probably who you really are. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And so, and when it comes to like finding true true meaning, and when it comes to mm, when it comes to to your life truly being fulfilled, like ultimately fulfilled, if if you're not a hundred percent there, like to Christ, then then you're you're not there at all, you know? And, and if I, for me, if I read in Scripture that it says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that, that Christ is Lord and, and you'll be saved, uh, but, but then I say I don't see Peterson say that. Like, I don't see him confess, because mm-hmm. you know he's read that verse. <laughs> you know he's read the whole Bible, you know, he, so he's familiar with that. Mm-hmm. But, if, but if he can't publicly do that, and and you know c- confess with his mouth that 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 Christ is Lord, then that's I I I just see an issue with that, mm-hmm. you know, because again he he could be so close to the truth but just not there. And I think I see a lot of believers that 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 like to follow Jordan Peterson. They all say the same thing, like, "Oh, he's so close. He's almost he's he's right there," you know. See, I'm not saying that though. Right, mm-hmm. sure. See, I'm not. Sure. I'm not saying that. I think. I think he just has a different way of looking at it mm-hmm. than that. Maybe that you do, where you say, um, "Right, preaching the gospel means explicitly saying this, mm-hmm. these things." Where he may think that preaching the gospel means I'm going to live out this certain way, and I'm not going to say it because mm-hmm. I'm just. I'm taking this stance on that. I'd mm-hmm. rather have my actions. Because how many people has Jordan Peterson turned towards God? Me. Oh, many people. Many, many people. Many he people, speaks, yeah. right? So crazy. Mm-hmm. So ask yourself this. What does he gain by not saying that explicitly? 
right? He gets to reach Islam. He gets to reach mm -hmm. other, these other people. And if you read Maps of Meaning, here, I'll show you. This is, this is how he ends this book. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you guys, this may be from... <laughs> you gotta get this is from, uh, <laughs> I don't know, this is from this is the Judas chapter? Thomas. Is there a okay. book of Thomas? That's not in the there, Bible. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, like yes, the there's a book of Thomas. Thomas. Okay, yeah. so the I think Gnostic this is from Gospels. this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe that's why, yeah, okay. But he says, um, these are the secret sayings which the living Jesus spoke, which uh, Thomas wrote down. He said, whoever finds the interpretation of these sayings will not experience death. Jesus said, let him who seeks continue seeking until he finds. When he becomes troubled, he will be astonished, and he will rule over the all. Jesus said, if those who lead you say to you, see, the kingdom is in the sky, then the birds of the sky will precede you. If they say to you, it is in the sea, then the fish will precede you. Rather, the kingdom is inside of you and it is outside of you. When you come to know yourselves, then you will become known and you will realize that it is you who are the sons of the living Father. But if you will not know yourselves, you dwell in poverty and it is you who are that poverty. Jesus said, the man in old days will not hesitate to talk to small children seven days old about the place of life, and he will live. For many who are first will become last, and they will become one and the same. Recognize what is in your sight, and that which is hidden from you will become plain to you, for there is nothing hidden which will not become manifest. And his disciples questioned him and said to him, do you want us to fast? How shall we pray? Shall we give alms? What diet shall we observe? Jesus said, do not tell lies and do not do what you hate, for all things are plain in the sight of heaven. For nothing hidden will be, not become manifest, and nothing covered will remain without being uncovered. Like, I mean, w regardless of what you, like, and maybe, maybe you have difficulties with the Gnostic Gospels, I'm not as informed about the history of the Bible. Maybe that's a heresy or something bad. Um, <laughs> I think it's relatively accurate, that portion. But it seems to me someone who's writing that understands that they're going to be judged by God, understands. Mm -hmm. I mean, he points to Jesus at the end of this. He, I mean, yeah. again, I guess I'm, maybe it's just my lack of faith and my, mm -hmm. my own lack of confidence, but I'm, I, I'm not one to sit here and say that because he's not going to say it the way that I understand it. Mm -hmm. Therefore, he's not a Christian. Because right. well, what is it really, how does it change my response to him is that if I look for a Christian response? Should I pray for him still? Yes. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Should I still love him when I see him? It's like, mm -hmm. should I still be discerning with his words? Yeah. Right? Right, right, mm -hmm. right. It's still the same kind of action I have towards really anybody. Everyone, yeah. And like you had mentioned, you'll, you'll never know until you're mm -hmm. in glory one day. You know, until you actually see the whole congregation of the Lord in heaven, you, you, you won't know, yeah. of course. And of course, so that's something we can agree on, but at the same time, too, uh, Scripture does tell us, too, that, that you'll, know, um, you'll know who his followers are by their fruits. That's 100% true. Mm -hmm. And then you could look at Peterson and be like, oh, shoot, you, you might see a lot of fruit, a lot of, a lot of good potential good too. Um, but I don't know. I, I think I'm just still hung up on the fact that like, if, if you are a follower and a, and a disciple as a, a disciple of Christ, then, then there would be, you'd be so compelled to confess that to the world. You know what I mean? If, if you've, if you've truly experienced that and I, you know, I've seeing your testimony and seeing your life, I, 
and, and hearing your words, I've, I've heard you, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, shoot. I've, I've heard McCormick say things. I've heard Alex say things that, that I'm very convinced of, of uh, a love that you have for the Lord. Again, I'm not, I, you know, we, we can never fully know until, until we're in heaven one day. But then again, I, like if I, for me, that's the hang up when it comes to Peterson and, and when it comes to um, my experience with the Lord, the experience I've had with, with many other believers, they're just so quick and ready to con- confess their, their love for the Lord and, and their gratitude for Him saving, saving them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So that's just what I don't see. Mm-hmm. With them, so that's that's all I mean by by you yeah. know, confess with your mouth and, and and say like no Christ is no and that's a fair yeah. that, that is that's where I've been mixed on it right because mm-hmm. yeah. you would think even though he does it imperfectly like mm-hmm. like because I'm still uncertain about a lot of things with theology sure and and probably share a lot of the same attitudes as Jordan Peterson just because sure. I followed him. And, and listened to his and been so influenced by him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and didn't really have a like a solid theological yeah, upbringing. Sure. Um, but at the same time, I'm willing to say that I think it's true, that I believe it's true, that <laughs> yeah, I can yeah, see yeah. the evidence of this. Sure. And but I mean, the second commandment is don't or is it right? Don't don't bear the name of God in vain. Mm. And you know, mm-hmm. so that, that's where I get back on. It. It's like I don't know. There's 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 one side of it. It's like. Yeah. Confess with your mouth. Yeah. Don't bear the name of the Lord in vain, man. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even if I look at my life, it's right. Do mm-hmm. I want to confess the Lord? But it's like, man, yeah. there's sure. so many things in my life. It's like mm. they contradict mm-hmm. the things that I say. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, so you had mentioned, you had briefly mentioned a couple of different, uh, maybe like rules by Jordan Peterson. Mm-hmm. You had briefly mentioned um, like comparison. Right, and mm-hmm. so that that that's kind of a bit of a shadow. One of his rules. Yeah, and you had mentioned being accurate in your speech. Can you tell us what is one of your favorite like teachings of Peterson, or or um, one 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 of your favorite rules of his? And then what are some things that he says that that are so opposite to your heart that you're like, oh, I don't like that one. Hmm. So favorites and least favorites. You have the rules here. Yeah, you have well, a yeah. thousand pages for you to <laughs> <laughs> peruse. I do. Rules. So there's one that stands out to me already, and I, I just, I, I, it was just on some like little short. I heard this. You can doggy tail that that uh, page. Oh, by the okay. Way. Um, he said, the one thing he's learned, or the best, I think, the one thing that he's learned of, of, over everything else that from. From sitting with people in clinical psychology, is that you can't get away with anything. Oh yeah. As much as I don't want to believe that's true, I just gotta believe it, it and it seems it seems true in the way that. So that would be the one that I've heard him say yeah. that you can't get away with anything. You get away with absolutely nothing in this world and in the next world. Yeah. Um, you like that's you interesting. You don't, uh, and that includes if I were to lie to you like vocally. And mm-hmm. that includes too, if I were to lie to myself and with an action that I do. Mm-hmm. So like we all do things huh. and, and we all have that, that little conscience in our head that's like, uh, you're stronger than that. Don't do that. Don't say that. That's not true. Yeah. You know, and, and if you continually go against against that, and I, I mean, I'd say that's very 
biblical too, that just the fact that we all have the spirit that's, you know, like, yeah. hey, conscience. stop, stop doing, yeah, yeah, exactly. And if you go against that, you, you will never, ever get away, from, get, get away with that. Oh, that's so true. I have to think about that one because it seems like he's kind of changing the definition of we we think that the definition is of um getting away with it is like oh you're going to go to prison for it mm-hmm. or you're going to get in trouble for it. Mm-hmm. But he's saying that you still don't get away with it even if you don't get in trouble with it. So that kind mm-hmm. of I guess he's changing the definition of what I think what I thought getting away with it what means. Mm-hmm. But in no, order to I make think that with true, him he would believe in the soul that that the the damage that you do mm-hmm. believes in the conscience sinning yeah oh yeah. absolutely right it he's carries like, on huh. right that's very biblical. he's an extreme yeah that's what I mean like if you I I think for anyone who's really trying to understand this should take a deep dive into maybe not too deep a dive but <laughs> a little dive <laughs> yeah. into Jungian psychology just to understand that this is a very different way of looking at the world mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of I mean. It's really interesting to me because even as you look throughout our culture today, you can tell that the the dominating cultural narrative is one of agnostic skepticism. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. even those people who believe in God and who say believe are generally gravitating towards that belief. Mm-hmm. It's not even it's not a false other belief in God, right? It's not like they're gravitating towards Baal. Or mm-hmm. some 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 right some explicit mm-hmm. worship mm-hmm. of another god, which yeah. has been historically, like if you look at throughout history, typically people have looked through the world with a religious lens. It's mm-hmm. very very atypical yeah. for a society mm-hmm. to, based on a, a society of skepticism, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So and that's something I'm aware of too that. Even, this is the cultural landscape that we're in, which is just all skepticism. Mm-hmm. And there's something that's really attractive about Jungian psychology. You'll see a lot of people that get into that end up going towards like new age stuff a lot, right? Interesting. There's a there's a desire for the spiritual realm, which I think even the I don't know. It seems to me that the Protestant because this is where I've been, you know, kind of situated. There's a, there's not much of a desire for that engagement with the spiritual yeah, world or any right. sort of mysticism or like mm-hmm. it's very it's very conservative, right? It's very pragmatic, it's very practical, it's not very mm-hmm. glitzy, it's not very pretty, it's not talking about things like beauty very much. Mm. So I think that although there's so many things that I love about this community in terms of like their discipline and their rigor towards like their truth and their systematic theology. I think that's an incredibly mm-hmm. wonderful thing that they bring to the table. I wonder if that this kind of mystical side, this side, this searching for beauty that is typically found in the personalities of people that don't gravitate towards <laughs> Baptist church, that gravitate mm-hmm. towards the arts, gravitate towards, if anything, like an Orthodox church, mm-hmm. right? I don't know, I'm hesitate to just, because they believe the, world, the, the Bible differently, then therefore it's false. doesn't mm-hmm. mean I'm going to say that it's true either and be universalist, mm-hmm. but I've just come to this place where I'm so convinced that I know so little mm-hmm. that I have a hard time saying this mm-hmm. about anything, you know, the, 
and maybe that's maybe that's even been a, a fault, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I should stand on the truth more and, and not be so yeah uncertain. You, you had even mentioned too. It's a it's an admirable thing in secular culture to be that skeptic. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, I'm not going to say yeah. one thing. I'm I'm going to leave it up for you know maybe maybe there are other options too, and even you 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 had even personally identified that as a secular mm-hmm. thing too. I like um, agnosticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I, I don't know, maybe, but I don't know. I'm not going to say yes or no. That is the dominating value. Right. Is apathy, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you, if you, uh, truth is, if, if you're not going to stand for something, then, you know, you'll fall for anything, mm-hmm. you know. Mm, um, you, your, your heart is so, so vulnerable to the sway of the world. If, if you're, s- scripture always refers to us as a sheep. You know, yeah. if you're so, uh, if you're, if if you are sheep, as what Scripture says, more mm-hmm. like a lamb. So, and even more stupid. Have you guys ever seen sheep? Mm-hmm. They don't look very smart. <laughs> it looks like they always have a lazy eye. You know, they're not. They're always like, you know, they're they're, they're kind of idiots. You know, and, and of course, the the a, a lamb, the smallest of them all, even more of an idiot. So, if if the Bible says you're that. And you're running away from the flock and running away from the shepherd. Of course, you're going to be vulnerable to everything else that's out there. Um, now, uh, I, I do want to comment briefly, and then I want to hear, Alex, I want to hear what you have to say about it too. Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned kind of like the church culture and, and the more Protest, Protestant culture and the, the um, maybe a culture that's less prone to wanting to believe in something more mystical, you mm-hmm. know, like for instance, I, I'll, I'll like mention it. I, I, I'm not necessarily going to have an opinion on it because um, I don't know if it's wise for me to have an opinion on it yet, but like for instance, like speaking in tongues, you know, mm-hmm. prophecy, you know, we're, we're quick to say those are, those are the cessational gifts of the spirit. You know, there, were a t- there was a time for that and then it's no, mm-hmm. no longer applicable. Um, and I've, uh, I've even experienced the gift of prophecy um, in a way that I never thought I would. And one time I was playing, uh, I don't know, it was maybe four years ago or so, and I was playing Cards Against Humanity with some friends. And if you guys have played Cards Against Humanity, it's a bit vulgar. And I had a friend there who was, um, he was more conservative, and he was, you know, we were playing, and and he, he just stopped playing, and he just got up and left. And I went out there and, and found him, and he was, like, sobbing. And he was, he ripped me to pieces, you know, just, just for engaging in that. And he's like, that's not for, that's not for us. You know, we're supposed to be set apart. We're supposed to be different. And I had realized that, that he had practiced the gift of prophecy because a, a prophet talks to the people of God and tells them if they continue down this path, then you're damned. You know, you're in trouble if you continue down this path. And so he, 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 he brings the, you know, the truth uh, to the people of God in order to bring him back onto the path. And I was like, whoa, that was prophecy. That's crazy. Um, now it might not be the same. Like he didn't necessarily tell my future as, yeah. you know, in a way that, that we might expect that to be the case. But anyways, I, I'm sorry, I kind of went on a rabbit trail there. But when it comes to these more uh, um, mysterious type, type of gifts, mm-hmm. you know, we're quick to say, no, absolutely not. Um, again, and I'm not necessarily going to comment as to 
what I don't quote me on any on on that at all because it's again it's a huge conversation. Mm-hmm. But I do know, um, and I've mentioned it. I think to both of you guys for sure. To you, just the whole concept of like Western Michigan church culture. You know, it's 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 in my mind. It seems kind of like a, a scary trap to just get like involved in. You know, and and I know. I mean, I know many people that are involved in it to where I've seen the way that they live outside of. Bible study and outside of Sunday church, and it's like, oh, I don't want to engage in that. And then I know some people who have kind of broken out of it, um, and I'll tell you who, who I'm thinking about afterwards, and you guys will be like, oh, yeah, that guy does do that. Mm-hmm. And um, they're able to live life in such a adventurous way that is like, well, while still holding on to their, mm-hmm. you know, their uh, holding on to Christ while still doing things in a way that is so contrary to to Western Michigan culture. Are you Dutch? Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to. Are you Dutch as well? Guilty. Guys, I'm sorry. I'm also Irish. <laughs> Speak again. Call, I don't know what. I, I do not like Dutch culture <laughs> at all. <laughs> I, I can understand just, why. Yeah, Sometimes it can be arrogant depending do, on the family. Do you kind of hear what I'm, what I'm, what I'm talking about, though, when it comes mm-hmm. to just like the Western Michigan um, church culture. Yeah, um, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know about. what I'm talking about? Yeah. So I go to two churches, okay, and I guess... You need to explain this more clearly to me so I can understand. Yeah, so I I mean, I guess this is sort of veering, this is veering off of your question a little bit, but um, to explain church Dutch culture, um, it's like this Reformed Christian background, and it's like you would notice it in churches that have been around since like you know, 1800s maybe, like Reformed churches mm-hmm. in Grand Rapids or something like that. Yeah. But um, I'm not speaking against any specific church. I'm not going to say names or anything <laughs> like this because I know there's probably some people from that church who understand my views that are probably listening. But um, from my views on this has been that there's people that go to a Reformed church. They go to that specific church. You know, they do communion a certain way. They talk a certain way. They like, you know, certain theologians, um, and they're stuck in this, sitting in the pews, just like, okay, we're going to sit down, we're not going to go into, like, prophecies or tongues or any other style of worship, and they sit there for, and they go through catechism, Mm -hmm. but they don't really engage with the kids or anything, they just, like, speak the same doctrine, it's all about doctrine, and they sit in the same church year after year after year, and don't experience any of the other churches and they just say we just do these things because it's and just the way it's, it's just the way yeah. it's always been this is what church is this is what church has always That's been how to i us. grew up this it's is always going to be this way it's never going to change you know and they'll sing in, up in choir and wear like church robes and stuff mm-hmm. like that and they still do the robe thing um mm-hmm. the church that i go to in grand rapids doesn't do that anymore they just stopped doing that three years ago <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like only three years ago it's like this is a 500 year old tradition that mm-hmm. doesn't make sense to our culture anymore mm-hmm. makes sense to the culture of 1500s but doesn't make sense now mm-hmm. but they just they're stuck in the way that the netherlands reformed mm-hmm. is because that's the way that church is yeah and i i uh i've had conversations with someone too that uh, she mentions how so much of our church culture was just infiltrated with a lot of greek thought too, which yeah, is which true. is so which is so like uh, they put so much of a me- emphasis on the mind, you know, and, yeah. and and you know when the Renaissance came along and when the Enlightenment came along and we we 
put so much emphasis on academia, you know, and and, and, uh, thinking our way through things. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of why at the beginning I had mentioned the whole concept of you you can deconstruct the light until no light can shine, can shine through. Mm -hmm. And, and so that's, does that kind of make sense? What the way that he explained that just like the Western Michigan. It's just like a very specific way. And if you like, yeah, if you go to a black church, they're going to do church differently. But man, that's, that's, we're closer to God because we do things Mm -hmm. with the church robes. That's kind of what I'm getting. It's like, it's kind of putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. Valuing form too much over substance. And that's what I'm saying. Maybe like going back to the Peterson, I think Peterson is a real substance heavy guy in terms of Christianity. Maybe too much, right? Where he's not getting the form enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, he should be saying explicitly, Christ is risen. Mm-hmm. He can be saved. But I think you there's also the other side where if you if you if you're so heavy on the formal side and you're really not all that like because right, this is this is a it's a hard thing because we're sinful and we're fallen mm-hmm. and we want to focus on being very rigid because we like mm-hmm. we want to have solid ideas and knowledge about the truth to fight against mm-hmm. evil. But at the same time, there are limits to what we know. So if we're yeah. so, so ultra focused on this, you know, the system, this little model that we created called theology, mm-hmm. right? And depending on that, really, other than is, is theology faith? Yeah. That's what I'm asking. So, I don't know because uh, most people, most people who have called themselves Christian over the years, hasn't had the luck to have theology. Yeah, and most people even now probably don't understand it. And I would maybe a lot of people who take the time to understand it maybe go through what you're talking about. I don't know. I am. I am not experienced. I have not gone through. So please, <laughs> theologians, I'm sure you'll be. They'll love to enlighten <laughs> me after how I am yeah. need to go through. Yeah. Um, but. Maybe, I don't know. Is this kind of what you're saying? I don't know, because it seems like you can either focus on, I don't know, I'm, I'm not using my words well here, but can you guys go back to what you guys were talking about, West Michigan culture? Yeah. Is this at all what I'm talking about, or is it something else that you're getting on with the traditions, like being stuck in the traditions? Mm. Or like, what yeah. is it that defines West Michigan church culture over something else? Because I don't really know. I'm right. I have this one yeah. year sure. long experience sure, yeah. with this church, uh-huh. and I've done you right. know. And then the internet. Right. It might not even be Dutch culture, like Dutch Reformed either. But there's also like I've been to GRCC, and there was a girl there I was talking with who was Anglican. She went to an Anglican church in Grand Rapids, and churches in Grand Rapids have there's so many different. There's so many churches in Grand Rapids, by the way. Yeah, and. Um, but she was going to this Anglican church, and they were like, <laughs> so it's almost like she was saying they were like a little bit closer to God because they do things exactly how the apostles did things, like how they did church culture and everything. Um, and mm-hmm. that was, for some reason, like how they, so it seems like overall West Michigan church culture is like, let's do communion a certain way, let's do the, um, you know, let's sing from the Psalter hymnal versus the mm-hmm. Red hymnal or something. <laughs> like, whatever we can do to get as close to God as we possibly can, because there's a certain doctrine behind it. And I was looking at, um, so I think, I believe we're just coming out of this thinking, because in the Puritan, in the Reform, the, um, I was going to say, the Puritan Theological Seminary, mm-hmm. there's a lot of discussion kind of about this. And Brian Chapel, um, I don't remember if he's 
I don't know if he lives in Grand Rapids. I don't remember. But I know he's done an interview with Reformed Heritage Church or Reformed Heritage Bookstore, mm-hmm. which is in connections with this seminary. Um, but Brian Chapel has said that there's a lot of Presbyterians, especially. I think Presbyterians can get stuck in this trap where if you're like if you if you get your doctrine right, mm-hmm. there's an attitude of like if you get your doctrine right, you'll be closer to Jesus and all this stuff. Um, and it's like, but doctrine is is not going to save you. Mm-hmm. Like, and so now I'm left wrestling with the question that's like, well. You had you kind of need a little bit of doctrine in order to say like I believe mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ because He died and rose again to save yeah. me from my sins. I mean that's doctrine. It's a very basic form of it. Right. Yeah. But I feel like that you can't get away from doctrine. Yeah, I feel like yeah. you have to know that in order to believe it. Because how can you believe something you don't know? Mm-hmm. I don't think you you can. I don't think that's possible. Yeah. And then, but this is I don't know, I feel like this is getting the crutch of the time that we're in, which is most people didn't have to deal with this. They grew up in a tradition and mm-hmm. they lived out that tradition or they moved somewhere else and they got a new tradition somewhere <laughs> mm-hmm. else, right? But because of the internet, because of all this craziness that's happened over the last, especially 15 years, we live in this time now where everyone is really exposed to all the different ideas that are out there. Mm-hmm. So everyone is asking, like, how can we know what anything is true? Because mm-hmm. it's like, do I choose between the Methodist or the Lutheran or the... Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And and getting all the doctrine right. But then at the same time, right, you can get so focused about doctrine that you totally miss the point. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I, I think what you're saying is totally right, that do, you need some doctrine, you need yeah. to have knowledge of the truth. And that the question is, one, how do we know what we know and how can we like trust in that? Mm-hmm. And then two, how do we know what we can't know? Mm-hmm. And it's and, e- and what I, the limits are. I know it's it's so easy to to like have this conversation and for me and this isn't this isn't any kind of uh criticism of our conversation it's more so a criticism of my my own cold heart to the spirit and in my mind i kind of just had this uh it sounds stupid but like out of body experience type vision where i kind of like go out and my my i'm my spirit's kind of over here and i can see the conversation between the, the three of us but then I can kind of see behind me like the spirit tapping on me, and it's like, you guys don't have to figure it out. I'm right here, mm-hmm. you know. And and so with, with that, again, that sounds a bit kooky, but but in my mind, what I'm thinking is this: is that um, we have all we have a a great deal of material. You mentioned like Heritage Bookstore and and all the churches that are close by, full of libraries that are full of books, you know, full of elders that know, you know. Exactly the doctrine that they'd that they'd teach, and and you could go to all those and and you could memorize and, and learn as much of those doctrines as you can, or you can go to the coffee shop after the podcast and just sit and read scripture <laughs> for a little while or or a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the truth is, God is. I I don't I don't know what's going to happen in heaven um, when it comes to. I don't think that we're all going to get there. And then God is like, you guys are ready to see who's right? Armenian or Calvinist? Yeah. Yeah. Are you, uh, you ready to see? It? Like drum roll, we're like, wait to see. I don't think it's going to, I think we're all going to be very surprised and very, mm-hmm. um, I think everyone's going to be a bit ashamed, I think. Now, um, uh, that that being said, I, I know that the Lord is not going to let his children, his his true believers be 
swayed into one mind of thinking, into one way of thinking that's damning and that's absolutely wrong. You know, we'll never be, like I say, we'll never be 100% right this side of eternity. Yeah. You know, I think one day again, our eyes are going to be open. But I know that I can sit secure in the fact that I can read scripture uh, and have a certain baseline of doctrine that, that the Lord gives me. That's obvious, like you say, you know, it's, it's only Christ. <laughs> I, can, I can absolutely stand, off, stand on that. And that being said, I, I, I personally, I, I have a great deal of comfort knowing that just go to scriptures. Of course, get, be disciplined by like following a mentor and, and following specific, you know, following teaching from the church. But at the same time, like stay in scripture because mm-hmm. the Spirit's going, He's going to open up my eyes to, to truth if I'm in Scripture, and that's a promise from Scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that's such a, a, a blessing, is that I don't need to just try to, like, figure out what the right, mm-hmm. the right thing is, or I don't need to figure out, like, oh, there's all these many churches that i got to try to attend. You know, i got to go here one month and then there one month to try to figure out which one is the right one. Like, it's, exactly, no, but it can't, that, right, it can't be that mm-hmm. there's just the one right yeah. church. That's it, what I'm thinking, right? And I think that's yeah, probably yeah. what Jordan Peterson's thinking, too, and mm-hmm. then, I mean... I think you should be able to go as far as saying as Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And mm-hmm. but at the same time, I I'm no expert on all this stuff. There's so much <laughs> sure. stuff that I don't know, so I'm sure. not going to go yeah. out and say. And that's and so I. This is mm-hmm, this ahead. is like um, if you've seen Flatland, how you see. Okay, so Flatland is about a, a two-dimensional uh, square mm-hmm. who experiences the world in a two-dimensional mm. world, and he sees. You know, let's just say he sees. A line right in front of him that extends and it gets wider and then it closes into nothing mm-hmm. and that's all he sees is this line but he doesn't see that that line is a sphere passing mm-hmm. through a two-dimensional plane yeah but so you can see a line and you can see what's happening and you see that there's something there and you can yeah. believe that it's really there even though you don't see the whole three-dimensional uh-huh. plane uh-huh. but that doesn't mean that three you're wrong about seeing something happening there because you know that something's happening that's passing through. And I think we can know about Christ and we can read it in his word that it's been revealed, even though we don't know absolutely everything that's there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. we still know what we need to believe and what we need to trust in mm-hmm. to be saved. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Yeah. I think we need to go to scripture way more. <laughs> that's <laughs> just as, as also individuals. Very true. Just read your Bible <laughs> way more. And I get wrapped up with this idea that like. I got to get my 30 minutes a day in as if it's as if it's a chore mm-hmm. you know and I, like you say I love that reference with the with the sphere yeah absolutely love that 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 we have we have enough <laughs> god god's not holding back on us at all mm-hmm. so well that was a good discussion we'll see you guys next week catch you on the flip adios thank you for listening to disruption where we dive into disrupting culture and placing Jesus at the center of it all. If you enjoyed this episode, please share and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening from. It helps us grow so we can share the gospel with those who still need to hear it. Once again, thank you so much, and we'll see you in the next episode.